Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning. Who is ready for a miracle? Hmm? Hallelujah. There's a miracle coming through. Don't miss it. Hmm? While we doubt him, we could be riding. It's like standing at a taxi stand and a taxi ain't run yet. You can either spend time doubting and worrying if you're going to get there on time, if the taxi's going to come, or you can spend time knowing God is faithful. Uh, hmm? I said... You could go to a taxi stand, and there's no taxi there, or it coming gone, and you could spend that time there just worrying, and am I going to be late? You know, is another one going to come? Am I going to make it? Am I going to get mugged? Am I going to get robbed? Am I going to get raped? Rather than say, maybe I could find a date, <laughs> or something good is going to take place. Uh, <laughs> Huh? Now, one of those situations you're going to need a doctor with. The other situation, you're in good health. What you going to spend your time doing? Glory to God. And you're in church this morning. Well, God ain't going to speak to me this morning. Because he know what I did this week. Ain't no blessing going to come to me this morning. I'm not going to get no word this morning. Huh? And the Bible says, to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. But to him who has, more shall be given. Hallelujah. So if you're broke, you just might as well leave. Uh-huh. I hope you caught that. Mm-hmm. I hope you caught that. I hope you're not just saying, uh, they only let rich people in this house. You're absolutely right. Uh-huh. Glory. The book of Revelation. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. King James says the wine of the wrath of her adulteries. Now this scripture all by itself is very deep. First of all, it says a second angel followed and said, fallen, fallen. Now, that fallen, fallen is not just a stutter. And a repeat of the word fallen, but it's actually a, a identification of what period of time we are in. Fallen, fallen means you have fallen twice. When you look at the um, when you look at the sixth trumpet, well, if you look at the ending of the fourth trumpet, it says there was an eagle, and it says, "Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth." Three woes, 
because of the three trumpets about to be blown. And so at the end of the sixth trumpet, it says, and the uh, second woe has finished, and the third woe is coming soon. So fallen, fallen is identification to that period. Fallen, fallen. Meaning that you have fallen twice. Not once, but twice. Now first we want to see, you must, when you, when you read the scripture, are you reading it as a child of God? Or are you reading it as an unsaved person? You must kind of identify who you are before that word can speak to you. Because sometimes, you know, we might be saved, but we find a scripture and we think we're not saved anymore. See, you, you lost your faith. You've got to have faith to read the word of God, you know. Yeah. And I hope you're not one of those that just open up the Bible and stick your finger on a word, you know, like lotto. We know how good you are at lotto. What makes you think you are any better at taking lotto with the word of God? So you're just opening up the Bible and putting your finger there. Dead. Broke. Uh, wicked. <laughs> you better stop that hocus pocus stuff. That don't work, you know. Trust the word of God. The word of God doesn't come with a lotto. It comes by listening and having faith in God. All right, so we see this concept of falling. Now, falling, falling can mean that, uh, that um, you have made a mistake, you have fallen, and you're about to fall again because you did not repent. Fallen, fallen. Babylon the Great, which we know is the prostitute, that parallels with the term adulteries, which made the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Now, we got adulteries, fornication. It says if we befriend the world, that we are adulterous. That means if we love the world more than we love God, then we are fornicators and adulterers to God. We are not faithful because we love the world more. Right. So obviously, in the contents of those that are doomed and damned, fallen and fallen means, hey, you've been a prostitute, you've fallen, but you're still not repenting. You're still back at your prostitution. And that would be for anybody, even if you're in church and, and you want things more than God or that you love things more than God. And when something takes one of your things, you get mad. See, that's the maddening wine of your fornications. It makes you mad. Hmm? Because you don't get what you want. The maddening wine of your adulteries. Adulteredness makes you mad. And if anybody's guilty of, of adultery, the way you understand it, most of us, we relate that to sexuality. If you are guilty of that, it's actually making you mad inside. It's like, it's a, like a wine. It just keeps worsening and worsening and worsening. <clears throat> and maybe the word is speaking to somebody this morning. You have fallen once at this. Do you really want to do this again? Because the second time is worse than the first time. And then the third time is destruction. There's the literal simplicity of, of adultery 
But we also know that there's adulteryness towards God. And that we want things more than God. Listen, I didn't say that God doesn't want you to have things. But to have, want to have things more than God. To want to have a marriage more than God will make you mad. That's where the wrath, King James says wrath, and it's almost like you're storing up this wrath. You, you, you're getting mad. You're, you're, you're ignorant. You're becoming obsessive. You're becoming irrational, envious, right? Because you're not getting your man. You're not getting your new car. You're not getting your good paying job, and you're envious of everybody else. Your adulteriness is making you mad, right? It's making you mad. Um, it, it's just driving you insane. And you get worse. You fail once. You was furious. Now, the first follow in the book of Revelation is when, you know, there was a war in heaven and, and, and the dragon was hurled down. And he was furious because he knew his time was short. This is the second volley. So have you ever failed at something? Even, even cooking a cake or something, you, you failed at it. Well, actually, you didn't fail. Your cake failed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, which is kind of a humorous illustration if you think about it. Your cake failed. Why are you falling? Oh, somebody didn't hear me. Let's just say baking a cake. You know, some people may not realize a cake can fall. It, it can actually be slanted sometimes. It can do it can do a lot of things, you know. Uh, we used to make some cakes in an oven, and they all always come out slanted, and then we found out the stove was slanted. Um, <laughs> and they was doing all sorts of things to keep the cake from doing that. They was putting water in the oven. They was doing all kinds of things, you know. But the truth is the stove was slanted, so that made the cake slanted, you know. But here's the thing. When your cake falls, right, sometimes you cook a cake, and it comes out nice, and then, I don't know, it gets a breath of, Trinidad air and it just go <laughs> but here's the thing is it's not the falling cake you know it's not the falling cake but do you fall with the cake do you beat up on yourself do you fall with the cake okay so it's falling all right all right all right I can do this so you try again falling falling comes out of the oven there's none falling the second time now, most of you, by the time it falls that second time, you none throw the cake down. You threw the cake and the pan down. I ain't never cooking no cake. Because you're mad now because your cake has fallen twice. And your sister or someone else, they, they, they just throw cakes in there and they come out wonderful. But yours is falling, falling. And you fall every time your cake falls. You, you can't fall when your cake falls. Maybe you need some cooking lessons, but you can't fall when your cake falls. Or when other things don't work out. You can't fall if your business falls. You can't fall if your marriage falls. And maybe you are guilty at some point in it. Right? But you can't fall... Because things don't work out. 
who can't get vexed and turn against God. Huh? Huh? God, God didn't make your cake fall. Maybe your stove is unlevel. God didn't make your cake fall. Somebody here right now say, I wonder that's why I can't cook. <laughs> now, some of you, you just can't cook. <laughs> I see you now. You're going to go home and prop your stove up, Sad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's why my bread don't come out right. Um, but you can't fall every time you make a mistake. So you get vexed. Listen, hell is saved up for these people. And sometimes it's, it's not even the fact of, it's not even the fact of whether or not if the cake you're baking is good or evil. Because sometimes we, sometimes it fails because it's not righteous, and sometimes it fails because we don't have the right motive, and sometimes it just fails because we didn't have the faith, we didn't do it right. But it's the madness that comes with it. It's the vexedness that comes with it. When things don't work out, we had rather find someone to blame than, than find out the solution. We'd rather find somebody to blame than to get it right. Just like at the taxi stand. So you get mad. And then you try again and it don't work out. So you get mad again, but you don't realize that all this madness is self-destructive. And it's going to destruction. But not only that, this madness inside, because all that anger is implying a... You could be mad at yourself, which probably would lead to suicide or something like that, but it's still self-destruction. Or you're going to blame it on somebody, or you're going to indirectly blame it on God. And us Christians are great at doing that. We get angry with God. We get angry with God, and then we say we're not angry with God. We get mad with God, and then we say we're not mad with God. Just like a husband or a wife. You know, you asked your wife, your husband, uh, are you mad at me? No. <laughs> Three days later, honey, you mad at me? No. Did I do something wrong? No. Well, why are you not talking to me? And honey, God is asking you this morning, why ain't you talking to him? Uh, why ain't you talking to me? If you and I are good, why are you not talking to me? I know you come to church. I know you come in the bedroom every night and you fluff up your pillow and you lay down. But you're not talking to me. Huh? Yes. Hmm? You, you might still be fixing my meal, but you're not talking to me. Huh? Are you mad at me? Hmm? Are you mad at me? Hmm? Are you sure you're not mad at me? 
Are you sure you're not vexing me? Are you sure you don't think I did something wrong to you? So why are you not talking to me? Sometimes we're just so guilty we can't talk. The coming of the Lord, yes? So it, it, we get mad. And then we try to act like we're not mad. And then we take it out on our children. We take it out on our family. We take it out on our friends. We take it out on our church. We take it out on everybody. Why? Because your cake has fallen twice. Now, I understand. I understand sometimes we don't have much self-esteem and we can't even bake a cake and it's fallen twice. I understand. You just want to rip this cake apart with your bare hands. I understand you want to take the pan back to Price Mart and, and <laughs> whack somebody across the head. And I understand you want all the red lights to be green on the way there <laughs> or somebody's in trouble I understand you don't want to wait in traffic while you're getting there but do you understand what madness is and do you understand it's the madness the refusing to come to truth it's the madness that's going to send multitudes and multitudes to hell. It's the madness that has hell bulging out at the belly right now as if though it's eating way too much roti. It, it, it's that madness. I love roti, but if it's going to make you explode... Do you see that? It's the madness. That's what's sending you to hell. It's the madness. And do you think that madness is attracting anything good? It's not attracting anything good. It's bad karma. And I know Christians don't like that word, but I like that word. I don't mean it in the full extent of Hinduism. But I like the word karma because it means... You're getting what you sowed, which is biblical. What you sow is what you reap. Hmm? So it's just one word. So I, I, under, I understand that, but it's your madness is, is not repenting. And so what if your cake falls a second time? But it's the madness. And what makes it more mad is you didn't repent from the first time. You was furious the first time. And then you waited, and then you decided to do it again. But the reason it failed the second time, because you were still mad about the first time. And if you're still mad about the first time, the second time ain't going to work out, because the anointing you're standing in to do it the second time is the madness of the first time.
So we understand that it's the maddening wine of the adulteries. Now, again, adulteries can, can be literally something that's wrong, right? And, you know, that don't work out. It's always going to get exposed. But maybe we didn't know that's what it was. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just, you know, we just think it's bad. We just think, okay, I'm being adulterous towards God. Whatever it is, the adulterers, it will make you mad if you don't repent and make it right before God. And don't say you're not mad with God if you're not talking with God. All right. So we understand that, right? But I want us to go a little bit deeper. First of all, if you use the word karma, think about it this way. Karma says you got what you deserve, right? Now, here's the Hindu Hinduism problem with karma. Karma says you get what you deserve or you get what was coming to you. But who is the one that is the judge of karma? Who says what I did was wrong? I understand karma. If I do something wrong, something wrong going to happen to me. I understand it. That's the principle of the world. Even the New Testament would say, you know, we reap what we sow. Jesus himself said that. So the world is created on this sense of karma. You do wrong. You know, something wrong going to come to you. Now, it also says that everything not done in faith is wrong. Everything not done in faith is sin. So sometimes, right, sometimes you could get some fallen cakes just because you thought it was wrong. But karma says, all right, there's something around here somewhere that's making this judgment. Who makes this judgment? Uh, with Moses, you know, you, you'd think once the Israelites had left Egypt, they would be happy out there in the desert, right? Well, we, we, got, we got away from the, the slave masters and all this. We got, we got out of our slavery, so we happy now. You know, the Lord is providing for us. No. You know, first thing they had to create in the desert was court. Read the Bible. Moses spent all day long. Uh, this is my sand spot. This is my sand castle. <laughs> so much so he was killing himself. And his father-in-law said, hey. Appoint people to judge people. You take the harder cases. So you think people that come out of slavery, they wouldn't be trying to kill each other. Maybe they needed to forgive Egypt. Just a thought. So, so who's the great judge of karma? Who says this is wrong, this is right? Who says this wrong deserves one lick and this wrong deserves two licks? Now, we know that God is the great judge, but here's the thing. And here's the thing that, and that I keep trying to minister to you. Hmm? 
God didn't make your cake go flat. God had nothing to do with your flat cake. Not the first one, not the second one. God had nothing to do with your speeding ticket because you was vexed over the two falling cakes. Listen, God is too God to be sitting in heaven. Sucking the air out of your cake so it falls. Hello. You have a problem, but your problem ain't God. Don't tell me God making your cake flat. The only time God ever does anything like that is to save you from something drastically. Yes. He might take away your cake mix so you will go outside and eat because you're going to blow yourself up tonight with a gas tank. I, he might do something like that just because he ain't through with you and you got something to do in this life. But God is not making your cake go flat. God is not making your bank account go flat. See, that's karma. Now, let's talk about karma. All right, who's the great judge of it? Well, Ultimately, we know God is the great judge of it. But we know just because you had a bad attitude, God didn't say, all right, you got a bad attitude, your cake going to go flat. See, that's your mom and daddy, and that's you. Uh, yes? You was not nice to somebody, hmm? and you come home and say, I'm going to make a cake, and your cake come out flat. And then the good little Christian that you are, you're, you're praying, you say, Lord, why did you make my cake flat? Because you sinned, my child. God ain't make, making your cake flat. <laughs> Karma. Karma. All right, let's talk about the two-headed beast of Karma. One head is yours. That's the big head. The little head is everybody else. Sometimes you judge yourself. Sometimes your neighbor judges yourself. Sometimes your own family judge yourself. Huh? Listen, when a husband and wife don't like each other and they don't get along, neither of their bank accounts is going to prosper. You cannot dislike your husband. And him continue to make money. You cannot dislike your wife. And for her to continue to make money. Or good cakes. Or roti. Most families curse themselves. And some of the children in your own house. The reason mama and daddy can't buy you a gadget is because you always cursing mama and daddy. You, you blighting them. God's not doing it. It's all the criticalness that you have inside yourself towards other people and towards yourself and all the criticalness that's in the world. That's what's giving you these flat cakes. Falling, falling. And it's just making you more vexing. And, of course, that ain't having anything to do with karma because now you're proving to everybody else that you are an idiot. (laughs) 
and you're looking up at God like he did it, and God said, You cannot convince me that God is making my cake flat. Not the first time, not the second time. Maybe I had so much pride I didn't pay attention to what I was doing. Possibility. Maybe I had so much guilt on me that the guilt is making me mad up here and making me forgetful up here. And the guilt is making me do stupid things and, and push wrong buttons on my computer and do stupidness. Because you know. You know the level of your ignorance rises when you're vexed. Now, that is not the wrath of God. That is the wrath of you. Now, the wrath of God is simply this. When this is the only way you're going to learn. God's wrath is to let you keep going in stupidness. God's grace is he sent his son so you wouldn't continue in the stupidness. You can't walk into the worst place and look down on everybody and be unfriendly and be unnice. And then you kissing up to the boss, but you cannot expect. You cannot expect a promotion because everybody's going to judge you. And karma is hell, honey. Hmm? Alright, now that we understand that and that God is not flattening your cake let's understand this. Because some of us we have weak conscience and some of us we have more seared conscience. The Bible says you can have a weak conscience it says you can have a seared conscience. Sometimes people that have good cakes it's not because they're good people. They've seared their conscience so that other people don't bother them so much. And sometimes so they don't even bother themselves so much. But Paul says, I don't even judge myself because even if my conscience is clear, it does not mean I'm innocent. But here's the thing. Until the Lord makes a decision, sometimes people with seared conscience, they make good cakes. Sometimes people with weak consciences, they make bad cakes. And sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with who's right and who's wrong. It's got to do with what you think is right and wrong. Again, who is the God of karma? So it's a very ignorant world on the whole. And the world don't like you. It will use you. But it don't want nobody to look better than it. Yes? Hallelujah. You take a family of five, everybody in the house trying to wear the pants. Everybody. Everybody wants to look the best. Everybody wants to be the best. All right. So, you know, if you have a seared conscience, you're probably not even here this morning, so. 
Let me tell you what the Lord has taught me. Just because you run up to accuse me, I ain't taking you on. He's taught me to do that. When people accuse you, don't take it on. Now let me pray. Just in case I'm wrong. But here's the thing. Even when my own conscience wants to condemn me. Uh -uh. I don't work for you no more. Hmm? I don't work for you anymore. Hmm? Oh, no. And let me explain this in simple form. All right, let's let's look at it this way. Let's say, uh, let's say for example, you know, some holy person comes in, emphasis on holy, and they say, hmm, they selling food in the church. They selling women dresses in the bookstore. It's supposed to be a Christian bookstore. What's all them dresses doing in there? What's all them big purses doing in there? Huh? So, so I, 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 I go in there. This is a Christian book store. In fact, I'm going to get back to the cafe in a minute. In fact, it says book store. It don't say dress store. It don't say phone store. It don't say towel store. And it certainly don't say women's underwear store because that's where I draw the line right there. You can go in pharmacy and buy women's underwear. What is wrong with this world? The cafe, you, you selling in the cafe. So see, they would try to, these holy people try to throw that at you. Right? Try to throw things at you. The whole world, if you pass a collection plate around in here, all that church want money. Huh? All that church want money. Yes. <laughs> See that suit the prophet got on? That's what I'm paying for. I ain't going to put no money in this plate. But no, we put money in, in, a, in a hole in a wall. Now they say, this ain't right. They're not taking up a collection for God. Don't be running up on me like that. I don't know you that well. Get out of my face. You don't know what's in my heart. You don't know why I'm doing the things I'm doing. You can't come in here and tell me I'm adulterous. I'm unfaithful to God. Don't you be running up on my face like that. Uh, you think you're just going to come in here and meet me for the first time and jump in my conscience and condemn me? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, devil, you're going to fall today, but I'm not falling with you. Uh, that's, that's, that's just some example. Now, are there some things that we might need to pray about? Because some of you like this message a little too much, and I'm a little concerned about you, you know. 
Do not use this madness to confirm your ignorance. No, 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 no. Because all my life, somebody been judging me. And the bottom line, if I'm honest about it, I've been judging myself. And that's why so many Christians are broke. Because you let the spirit of the world judge you. Everybody's saying, church just after money, church just after money, church just after money. So you have a few churches run off over here and try to play poor. Like they don't need money to pay their bills. There's a question of what you do with the money that God entrusted you with. There's a thing about that. But, but here's the thing. Everybody wants money. YouTubers want to tithe. Yes, they're selling stuff on YouTube. Newspapers want you to take up an offering for them. But the church... Not supposed to do that stuff. Get out of my face! You, you don't you don't know what you don't know what's in my conscience. You you know why there's a cafe in this in this house? Now, I'm using this totally as an illustration. So some of you self-proclaimed prophets don't think somebody must be talking about the cafe and the bookstore. Nobody talks to me about the cafe and the bookstore. They know better than that. They know to get out of my face. I settled that thing a long time ago. But I just find this is a nice illustration that we can use, right? See, the reason I have a cafe is for convenience. More so than money. We did not start a cafe to make money. But if some of the uh, prophets in this house are going to work in there, all right, let's make some money at it. But that's not the reason we even started it. And there's nothing wrong with starting a cafe to help fund the church because everybody's too stingy to give to the church. But that ain't the reason we have it. I had it for convenience. Yeah. Convenience. You can actually sit in church and eat. Total convenience. That's what it always was. And then actually started out with just some sweet drinks and, and, and some snacks or something just so you wouldn't have to run outside and get it. It's convenience. Why do we have a bookstore? Well, my wife always wanted a bookstore. One. Two. It's not there to make money. It does make money. See, when you do things with your heart, it always makes money. It's there for convenience. And see, there's another reason why it's there. See, I've actually heard people talk about fish in the church. They say it's part of the marine life. It's a marine spirit. They got fishes in the church. Hello, you ignorant dog. Jesus says you'll be the fisherman of men. So we got to start off with the fish.
all week long, we're open except Mondays. People come in, and sometimes they don't get to go in the prayer room real quick. I like the whole mall-type experience. So if somebody says, this looks more like a mall than a church, I'm going to say, thank you very much. That was my intent. Get out of my face with your condemnation. I have one God, and it's not you. I have one judge, and it is not you. Don't be coming around trying to make me fall. Don't be coming around trying to trip up. Don't be coming around trying to make my cake fall. No. But you can't just do that with attitude, you know. You've got to believe in your heart that you have one judge. So I know why I did those things. Now, truthfully, if I did those things just to support the church, that's cool, too. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with me pass a plate around. I ain't got no problem with that. I just find this way is better. I like it. Yes? Besides, I don't like the face on greedy people's eyes when they <laughs> greedy people when you pass that plate. And I think you could cast out more devils or at least find them with a collection plate than you could preach in, you know. At least the greedy ones, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I realized this, this, this whole journey with Christ, I realized it's, it's about making me tougher. But I tell you what, it can make you stupid too. Because you're feeling guilty about every little thing. You're feeling guilty about things you did a long time ago. And you're just so glad they didn't have so many cameras back then. Huh? huh? We all have done stupidness in the past. If you repented for it, that's not what's messing you up today. What's messing you up today is your lack of faith. See, you must know God loves you. And when he speaks, that is the word of God, it's going to come to pass. And then you must wait for the spirit to come and do it. But most of us are unsuccessful in life, unhappy in life, because we get a ballistic about every little fallen cake. We think the end has come. Hmm? Yes. Think about this. The world believes that the devil comes in threes. Yes. If somebody dies, two more people are going to die. I've heard that so many times in Trinidad. One person die in the community, all right, two more die. Uh, it's kind of nice that they have that thought because church attendance is way up until those next two people die, you know. <laughs> That's a, I got to be holy this way. You know, one person done died. There's two more coming. You know, I don't want to be me, Lord. I repent. I love you, Lord. Or you think trouble comes in threes. You know, one thing happens, you know, you're expecting this more. That is nowhere in the Bible. That is you. That's you believing in some sort of sorcery. One bad thing don't bring two more bad things. If you understand how to handle the bad thing. But if you can't handle the bad thing, if you can't handle the bad moment, 
more moments to come. If you don't deal with your madness over the first one, you're going to be getting madder and madder and madder. It's going to be twice falling. It's going to be whoa, whoa. It's going to be falling, falling, because you don't deal with it. You don't deal with it. The cake failed. Hello. Hello. Frost the cake and take that middle and fill it up with strawberries. I say, that's the way I made it. Uh, God will cover your mistakes, you know. Uh, hello. But you getting mad and ignorant is not the answer. But what I really want you to hear this morning is quit judging yourself. Let God be the judge. Because God don't freak out the way you do. And until you begin to do that, you're going to say, I don't care what nobody says, but it's not true. People are dictating your life. People are watching you and judging you. Judging you about the way you dress. Judging you about everything. And sometimes those ignorant feelings in your head is not you. It's, it's somebody that you know. And it's creating all that karma, or the Bible would call guilt. It's creating all that guilt. You don't know how to handle it. But until you understand that God didn't make your cake flat. Now all things work out. For the good of those who love the Lord. Even your mistakes will work out for good. If you ha that is if you have faith. Yes. Mm, that's what I love. Even when I mess up it still works out. I still look good. Even when I mess up, I say, Lord, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. He said, I got you covered. Hmm? Hmm? But listen, you've got to fight against the accusations that would come against your soul. You've got to fight. Don't sit and entertain a thought like you're a bad person. If you think you're a bad person, fall on your knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Huh? And don't do that once a year. Do it whenever it happens. Right? But you understand this. When you feel guilty, God is not after your blood. He's not gave his blood. Huh? When you do stupidness, God don't want to get even with you. And you know this is true. You, you know this, when you get upset, when you get mad, your madness attracts things that are not nice. Is that true? Yes, your madness. You have a vehicle, and, and, and something goes bad. I mean, you, you did something wrong, and then, and then something happens, and you say, it happened because I went mad, or it happened because I did this. It happened because I did that. See, you need to get rid of that, that theology, that karma. God is not making bad things happen. God is making good things happen. And here's the thing. For most Christians, you know, we do something good. Huh? We do something good. We, we praising God. We, we get happy. We start dancing. Huh? And we sit down. And then you hear this voice. You've got pride. 
and, and, and then you slide down in the seat. And you have no discernment. You don't know if that's you judging yourself or you would judge somebody else or somebody else is judging you. Huh? Because you got wild in church. Huh? We got some in here that are turning flips. You may not have seen them yet, but they'll do it. They just get happy and turn flips. Who are you to judge that person? Who do you say that? That's disrespectful. Okay, what's more respectful? Sliding on the floor? Are you accusing somebody in church? I wonder which one God likes the best. And besides, you think God is going to condemn that one because they're sliding on the church? He's not even going to condemn you because you're sitting there judging. That's why you've been able to get along with it so long. That's why you've been able to judge people so long and think you're all so righteous. Because God ain't giving you what you deserve. A taste of your own medicine. God's not doing that. But you sear your conscience with all that self-righteousness and don't nothing get in. You got to stop. Listen, there's things. And this, this is what makes a good leader. Being able to say, hey, that's wrong. That's really wrong. See how I said it? That's really wrong. See, ain't no judgment in it. A good leader knows how to say something's wrong without accusing somebody or judging somebody. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of good leaders. We don't have a lot of good leaders at the workplace. Sometimes we, leaders act ignorant. Employees act ignorant. But here's the thing. Every who has faith in God is going to go home rich. Please understand, God didn't make your cake go flat. Yes, he didn't do that. But God was there trying to help you fix your cake. And God is telling you how to fix this cake again. But if you continue with the madness, it don't get no better. So you're not going to run up in my face and tell me I'm a bad person. Hello. I know I'm not good. The Bible says ain't nobody good. But you're not going to run up in my face and tell me I'm a bad person. I've been bad from birth. I already know that, but Jesus saved me. So what you going to do about it? You going to judge his salvation? No, you're not going to run up on me and judge me so. I'm not going to run up on me and judge me so. I've learned. Quit judging yourself. Yeah. That's, not, that's not our place. That's not our place. To examine yourself, to try to do better, oh, yes, always do better. Can we always do better? Probably. But to judge yourself or condemn yourself and to be a part of this world that just judges everybody. Uh, and some of you do it so much. Ever since you come in church this morning, you probably don't judge four or five people. You judge something. You judge the poor old air conditioners, and they don't even have a brain. Somebody's... Remote controlling them, you know. You're judging this, you're judging that, you're judging this. And, but the thing is, you're doing it to yourself too. What a miserable world you live in. Nobody's going to make it out of your world alive, you know. I'm so glad you're not God. And I'm so glad I don't live in your world. Because n nothing is good in your world. Huh? 
All the taxi drivers are waiting around the curb because they know you're there. They're just making you wait. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who needs a word this morning? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who needs a word this morning? Let me, let me share this one thing. When I first started preaching, oh, Lord, the devil used to whoop up on me. And when I first started preaching, actually, I just, I, I lost it. I just, I would preach and fall over and cry. I just, that was me. I don't know who ended the service, but that's just. So then I started down this journey. Of course, I loved fire back then. I still like fire. But there's all kinds of fire in the Lord. So sometimes I would preach fiery. And the devil say, you preach too hard. You be rough on people. Uh, you, you, you basically just saying I judge people. Or I, I didn't know. So then I would try to, okay. I'd try to be a little bit more United Methodist, you know, rather than Pentecostal. Uh, and the devil comes say you watered down. After a while, I realized the devil didn't know what good preaching was, you know. So I just said, devil to hell with you. I'm going to preach, and I'm going to trust God to let me be Pentecostal or United Methodist, whatever he wants me to be. I am through with you. As Christians, we would say that was the devil talking to me. But I kind of analyzed his voice. It sounded a lot like me. You know. <laughs> now forget you. You can't ever please that arrogant Satan. You can't please him. Just like you can't please yourself either, you know. When yourself get all nasty and miserable inside. Uh, nobody's good. No, it's just, it's just, oh, what a terrible life. Listen, God ain't doing that to you. You made that world. That's not the world God made. When God made you, he made your world good. Everything in the world is good. He made everything good. And he made all things good. And whatever we... Whatever we receive in thanksgiving, it is holy unto the Lord. Yes, even too much roadie. Yes. But don't blame me when the treadmill says, get off of me, you're too heavy. Uh, I I would love to create a, a treadmill that would do that. Ah, what did you eat? <laughs> a treadmill that insults you, right? <laughs> or a biker says, my tires, my tires, my tires. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you love yourself, you won't overeat. But God loves you. 
Uh, even that whole bucket of chicken, God just loves you. Mm, he just loves your spiciness. He just, he just loves you and the whole bucket of chicken inside of you. He just loves you. God loves you. Uh, God loves you. Because he knows that, that when you die and he sends this angel to get you, he knows he's going to deflate you. You're, you're going to go back to being thin. So he'll have no problem getting you up off the ground, you know. Either that or he'll send Michael for you, you know, to take you up, you know. Because Michael's the strongest, you know. Uh, <laughs> Listen, a lot of our bad habits come because we don't think we're good people. But God loves you. He ain't making your cake flat. God loves you. Huh? He loves you no matter how good a cook you are. But if you love him, the Holy Spirit wants to come in there and teach you how to make nice cakes. See, you love God, but you've got to wait for the workings of the Holy Spirit to help you get it right. Yes. All right, who needs a word? The eleventh of July. The eleventh of July. Does that date have a significance for anyone? The 11th of July. Ladabakasa. You? All right. Where's my... Uh, don't you feel bad for not being up here? Don't you feel bad for not being up here? No. <laughs> Where were you at? Uh, who, who's back there? Uh, who back there? Mary back there? Uh, Faith back there? All right. You love me more or Faith? See the stupidness we go through? Huh? Uh-huh. But I don't think that's why he was back there. He, I think he was just back there. I think subconsciously he was hanging around his wife and his baby. I don't think he did it on purpose. <laughs> yes, what's the 11th of July? Um, Prophet, the 11th of July, um, I was thinking about that particular date to travel to New York to visit my sister. Uh-huh. Why the 11th? I, I didn't mm -hmm. know. I asked God when to go. <laughs> right? I was asking God when to go. And to me, the July 11th stood out to me. It stood out. Yeah. Just jumped off the calendar. Yeah. 11th of July. Mm-hmm. 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 
Because see, God knows all things. He knows COVID. He knows all things. He knows if there's a new strand coming, he knows all that stuff, doesn't he? Yes. All right. So did you have concern about going on that day? I was concerned about um, COVID. <laughs> about COVID. <laughs> I was That's what I just said, right? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Concerned about COVID. Listen, here's the thing. You don't have to go nowhere for COVID to get you. True. <laughs> COVID can get you anywhere. But if you walk in the Lord, unless there's some reason, he's going to walk you around that or fly you around that. Yes? Yes. Now, see, there's a conflict there. I want everybody to hear what she says. Didn't you say you was praying? Yes. And 11 stood out. Yes. All right. Everybody hear that? She's praying. 11 stood out. So God told you the 11th, right? Yeah. And then I get talking about COVID in a Yes, that's where I'm going. <laughs> God said, go on the 11th. Right? She says, God, what about COVID? <laughs> Lord, did you forget they have COVID? <laughs> yeah. Lord, did you forget they have COVID? Oh, Lord. Now, the illustration here is, all right, we know God said 11, which I'm, I'm cool with. Right? Two witnesses. <laughs> one and one. But then you said, COVID. All right, before you repent, who said COVID? Was it really you that said COVID? Wasn't it you that heard the Lord say, go on the 11th? So was it really you that said COVID? All right, let me ask you another thing. At work, do you hear a lot of talk about God? No. They don't talk about God at all. They talk about God. Jesus said, let the church have ears to hear. Everybody at work? Talking about COVID, nobody talking about God. So who said COVID? Work said COVID. Work said COVID. You rejoiced when the Lord said the Yes. You rejoiced in that he approved, and you rejoiced that he gave you a date. So you, so you rejoiced in that. But who said COVID? It wasn't you. devil is most cautious. You know why the devil's cautious? Because he's fallen before. <laughs> fallen, fallen. That's why he's cautious. Now, we could relate that to us a little bit. Why are we so cautious? Because we have fallen before. But God has never fallen. Right? So you enjoy your trio. <laughs> And thank you for the illustration. Yes. And COVID will be scared of you. Listen, when God says do something, 
COVID or not, I'm going. I understand sometimes we're cautious, but sometimes we just, we're just fighting with God. But what causes that cautiousness? Hmm? See, that's like Jael's daughter, Faith. She's very cautious. Most cautious baby I ever seen in my life. She is cautious. Mama and daddy will never have to tell her, be careful. She got that down. Except when she sees food. <laughs> She's got some lightning moves when she sees food. <laughs> but everything else she's cautious at. Uh, so why is Faith cautious about falling? Because she's fallen before. And she's got a very good memory. <laughs> I've done this before. I've fallen before. See, some of you ain't got no memory. That's why you just keep falling, falling, falling. You got no caution. But how many times you've fallen shouldn't make you stop trusting God. Amen. Have a wonderful trip. Now, I think, you, I think you, you said that your grandmother, aunt, grandmother, who was that, liked flowers? But you like flowers. I love flowers. You love flowers. You want flowers. All the time. <laughs> All the time you want flowers. Oh, God, I love flowers. <laughs> All the time. Love. Love flowers. <laughs> flowers covers. <laughs> flowers cover a multitude of sins. <laughs> Somebody said, that ain't what the scripture says. It says love. And nothing speaks love to a woman that loves flowers more than flowers. Huh? I mean, they'd be, they'd be oh, oh, I got the message. They could be peeling you, and you just come out with these flowers. And you just did a deliverance on your wife with some flowers. Huh? You think it's a cross. You just... Love lifted me, love lifted me. Mm. You got flowers coming. And that's not a hint unless it needs to be a hint, but you got flowers coming. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if I give you flowers today. Isn't it amazing? Somebody give you flowers and you thank God good with you. Yeah, somebody give you flowers. Thank God good. Policeman give you a speeding ticket. You think God hates you. <laughs> it's true. We stupid, you know. It wasn't God on your on that gas pedal, you know. 
That was you. That was your foot. It was not God. I know God's got a big foot, but... But that's what we do. Why do you let one fallen cake just mess up your whole karma, your, your whole consciousness, your, your whole spirit? Nah. Fix it one time. Uh-uh, devil, you ain't making me fall today. Things happen, but you ain't making me fall today. Uh, you you might have snuck in and done something to me today, but you ain't making me fall. You can fall. Cake can fall, but I'm not falling. I'm praising God. Yeah? Nothing else. I just cut that cake up into pieces. Nobody never know it fell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I want to touch somebody's heart. Lord, whose heart you want to touch? Da, 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 da. Mm. You know, I, I said previously about how the enemy used to hit me about preaching. When I started prophesying a long time ago, the enemy started coming at you. You know, you've you really got to fight. If you're going to succeed, you really got to fight the accusation. Because nobody wants you to rise up. Huh? And you don't even think you deserve to rise up. Huh? You don't think you deserve something good. Nobody else wants you to have nothing good, even if you are good. No, you got to learn to fight all that. But don't wait till the second time. Deal with it the first time. Fly to God. Be nurtured by Him. Somebody has an exam you're stressing over. Who who has an exam you're stressing over? That's you. You always stressing. <laughs> Just you. Anybody else? You have an exam you're stressing over. Somebody else have an exam you're stressing over. All right, y'all stand up real quick. Right? Let's stand up real quick. All right. Exam. A exam, right? All right. You have an exam or just going to school? Exam. All right. The air law regulation test. All right. And when is that coming up? Well, um, it depends on when these guys in Barbados send my license and they're really sticking up. They're really what? They're not doing the work that they're supposed to do. All right, so are you worried about the exam or worried about getting to, to take the exam? Yeah, well, I worried about the exam because the time for me to play coming up, so it got me stressed out. Hello, God got all that covered. God don't start you. You know, God don't say you can fly and then say you can't, right? All the time you spend worrying about this and that, you spend talking to God. Right? Don't be getting upset and upset and saying, God, when are you going to do this? God, yeah, I need you to do this. You realize the more you come to God and you say, Lord, I need you to do this. Time coming short. And then the next day, Lord, I need you to do this. Time really coming short, you know. You don't realize you're storing up madness towards God. 
Because you want God to go quick. Huh? And God just wants you to trust him. Even if it's down to the wire. God just wants you to trust him and believe in him. That it's going to work out. Yes. Peace. 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 Now you said they're slow over there, right? All right. So are you aware that you just accused them over there? And when you say they're slow over there, you could actually make them slower. Because you say, great is your slowness. Uh, if you're going to say, say something, say something like, Lord, speed them up. And leave it right there. Have faith on your word. Lord, speed it up. Don't say, Lord, speed it up and I won't eat no more roti. Just say, Lord, speed it up. Lord, speed it up and I won't curse no more. Don't, don't say a stupid thing. Because you know you're going to eat more roti and curse. Mm. It would be nice that you dieted from your cursing. But you know you're going to do that. Right? Mm. Have faith. God got you under control. See, you worried about that. God is thinking about it. What awesome thing am I going to do? What door am I going to open up after you pass this? Yes. What's your exam? Mm -hmm. um, prophet, I'm stressing over for us have exams. Oh, he has an exam. Well, okay. test this week, uh -huh. tomorrow. How old is he? Six, going on seven. All right. Mm -hmm. I just pray for him to have peace and to settle down. Yes. Mm. The teachers know. All little kids are wiry at that age, right? Have faith, right? Quit worrying about what other people think. Huh? You're so afraid people are going to find out that you're dumb. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? Yes. <laughs> All right. See, you're so afraid people are going to find out you're dumb. But have, what have you just said? You called yourself dumb. Because if you're not dumb, they can't find it out. And you're not dumb. Quit worrying about what other people think. And pass your exam, right? All right, where are we at over here? Oh. Prophet. Yes. I have a lot of exams this year. Is a lot of exams? Yes. What kind of exams? Exam, I have an exam in May, June, then I have to prepare for the driving exam. <coughs> then school, well, they're given May, a May and June is for driving? No, May and June is for a private exam I signed up for. For driving? No, not for driving. Okay, which one's driving? Um, well, driving, I'm preparing for that exam. I didn't set a date yet. Oh. All right, so w what is May and June? What, what is that, what that exam? Um, maths, and I don't know if they put down Caribbean history or office administration because I've been trying to find out which test I'll be doing and no reason. All right, I noticed you put driving in there with all that. You realize you did that? Yeah. All right, what other exams you got? Um, well, I have an exam tomorrow as well. Okay, What's what kind of exam is that? I have health communication exam. All right, so I found four exams. Yes. Right. 
when you look the word lot up in the dictionary, what? Uh, when oh. you look up lot, L-O-T, oh. what number do you find with lot? Two, three. Just, just throw me a number out. What is a lot? A lot? Yeah, give me a, just throw me a number out. What, what comes to your mind? A lot. Let's, let's put it this way. You would like for him to make a lot of money. Give me a figure. How much? 25. Yeah, 25 what? 25,000. 25, mm -hmm. In what length of time? Uh, mm, that could be our monthly salary. What? Huh? That could be our monthly salary, but then I'm thinking about the economy. The holiday. The economy. <laughs> the economy. Yeah. Well, don't think about the economy, but you would like for him to make $25,000 a month. Like to make twenty five thousand dollars a month. We're not talking about you. We're talking about him. Okay, yeah. That's twenty five thousand. Yeah. Twenty five thousand. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yes, that's a lot. So if he made four thousand, would that be a lot? Well, it would be enough. But see, you said four was a lot. You told me you had a lot of exams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> twenty five thousand a month. That's what she wants from you, huh? That's a lot for Trinidad, eh? <laughs> that is a lot. That's a lot. Flowers. Lots of flowers. <laughs> so, And so what work do you do? I'm in defense force. You're what? I'm in okay. I'm in defense force. All right. So I can give you some more money. Thanks. Appreciate it. You believe that can happen? Yes, I do. All right. All right. Uh, so you have to make sure, I'm not saying you do this, but you have to make sure that, that um, you know, Sometimes it can be a lot of pressure on you, and then you feel bad because you can't do a lot. <laughs> but I heard the Lord say, give you a raise. Now, when I say, I'm going to give you a raise, I don't mean me. I hope everybody understands that. Yeah. I heard the Lord say, give you a raise, right? right. All right. So... 25,000. You got four exams. That's not a lot. You just got to take one at a time. How many exams you got? Four? No, you have one exam mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yes, one tomorrow. That's all you have. That's all you have. That's all you have. Yes. Daughter, you can do this. But you got them all in your head. Yes. And they're coming at you like bullets. You only have one. That's tomorrow. You don't have four tomorrow. You have one tomorrow. But in your head, they're coming at you like bullets. Yeah. 
So no, honey, I'm stressed. I got four. I got four. I got, I got, I got a lot of exams coming. And you don't even have no exams today. No. 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 Just you and him. A beautiful day. Tomorrow's taken care of. And you're going to pass all of them when they come. You can't pass them all tomorrow. You must know. God loves you. He says, I will never leave you as an orphan. You know what an orphan is? Tell me what an orphan is. What's an orphan? Huh? Uh-huh. Now we're getting to the root. You always felt alone. Even when there was people around you, you felt alone. And even when he's around you, you feel alone. Feel like an orphan. So an orphan can also be somebody taking a test and not having the knowledge to pass the test. See, you've been dragging it all your life. And the truth is you was never alone. Truth is, God was always with you. If he wasn't with you, you wouldn't have made it here today. Then never alone. And until you can find Christ, you'll never find this man. Because somebody on the outside can't feel the loneliness on the inside. I'm talking to a lot of people right now. Uh, you can put somebody on the outside, but that's never going to fix the loneliness on the inside. And you can't put nobody inside of you. Only God can come in there and make you feel not alone. Uh, he's the one that takes away all the judgment because that loneliness is just judgment. It says you're nobody. You're, you're not. Hmm? I don't know what God wants to do yet, but I might have to face the people that made me feel that way. You may have to face who? The people that made me feel that way. Made you feel that way. Well, maybe you need to face them. I would trust God with that. Right? I, I don't want to drag a lot of this out in public. But sometimes you need to face that. As long as you let people hurt you, they will always hurt you. Amen. It's your choice to stop people from hurting you. Hmm? It's your choice. Hmm? And then sometimes people are just ignorant. That's why they do things. Sometimes you just got to forgive them. Right? So let God deal with that. But you should always face should always be able to face people that hurt you. Uh, when you're strong enough. I think that's God's intent. Yeah. In the book of Revelation, it says those who said that you was not of God, they're going to have to come and bow down at your feet and say God loved you. 
Everything good, daughter. Stop being alone. Because every time you say you're lonely, you kick me out. Stop using those words. You're not alone. I am with you. I am with you. That word's for anybody that feels lonely. Getting married ain't going to fix that. You receive. All right. You're going to find yourself just chilling out. He's going to think you're on drugs or something. You just... That would make you wonder, right? <laughs> mm. You believe that? Everything's going to start being cool in your life. Huh? You're going to stop freaking out. You freak out sometimes, right? Yes. Everything, not anymore. You're just going to start being cool in life. You're going to be cool. Huh? You're going to be so cool, he's going to say, you have somebody else? What's wrong with you? <laughs> People freak out when you change, you know. Miss mm -hmm. Cool. This is going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Huh? So, like, like if, if when you cook, you, you better wash dishes real quick. Yeah, I like to do that. Like, when I cook, I like to wash dishes uh, right away. Right? Yeah. right? Hello, like, you see, I'm a secret Uh huh. So, you wash up after you cook. As yes. soon as you eat, you wash. Yes. Yes. The day you met with God. <laughs> Because in your kitchen, watching you do all that st silliness, <laughs> uh, that chicken ain't even hit the bottom of your belly, <laughs> and you're not washing the plate. Yeah. Uh? <laughs> See? Am I talking to you? Yeah. See? See, that's, that's some more of that. I gotta, I gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do that. You're not alone. You do all that because you feel alone. Yeah. You feel alone. And, and sometimes that causes some frictions between the two of you. Because you feel alone. You feel like he's not helping you. Hmm? Well, you know, he has to examine himself. But the thing is, that, that loneliness, that, that orphan spirit, whoop, is not there no more. That orphan spirit is not there anymore. Because Jesus says, I won't leave you as an orphan. I didn't bring you into the world and then forget about you. Miss hmm? Cool. Cool. I'm going to call you Kool-Aid. I'm going to nickname you Kool-Aid. He likes Kool-Aid? <laughs> oh -ho! <laughs> oh -ho! Oh 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 So, he likes a lot of Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh -ho! Mm-hmm. Can she make good Kool-Aid? Oh, you make it. All right. You like Kool-Aid? All right. So. <laughs> so if you go to their house, you know what you're getting, right? Christmas. <laughs> See, you like red, you like grape, what you like? Red and strawberry. Red and strawberry. All right. What you like? Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all agree. Wow, that's so romantic, isn't it? Oh. But I gonna nickname you Kool Aid. 
and it's two different words. It's cool and aid. You're going to be so cool that you're going to aid a lot of people. <laughs> you understand that? Yes. You're going to be so cool, you're going to aid a lot of people. You're going to be so cool that even in class, you're going to start aiding other people how to calm down and realize God is with them. Hmm? You're going to be so cool, you're going to give him aid. You're going <laughs> to encourage him. Yeah? Yes. You're going to encourage him till he makes that 25000 a month. You Right? <laughs> yes? Nothing illegal. Um, <laughs> so you're going to be cool aid. Hallelujah. It's not often God gives you a name, you know. But that's the name he's going to give you because it's going to change your life. You're going to be cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Pastor, well, I believe I received the word in Philip. For the exam? For, um, for everything. For everything? Yeah. You just received? Yeah, I received the word. All right, you just received. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what exam are you taking? Um, just one of the exams. Can you tell me what it is? Shouldn't be able to, a science exam. A what? A science exam. Science? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So you know your science? Not really? Well, you're going to know this science. <laughs> yeah. what, what is it you do, may I ask? Um, right now, I'm doing security. Doing security. Yeah. And you're taking an exam for, I mean, wh where do you hope to go? Evidently, you're not taking science to do security. No. Unless you're going to get into chemical warfare or something <laughs> like that. Right? That's, but that's chemistry, isn't it? What kind of work would you like? Well, to tell you, I don't know yet. Huh? I don't know yet. Don't know yet. Yeah. But you want to do something other than security, right? Yeah. All right. So you're trying to take some exams and things to better yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, to better right. myself. So you don't have an idea of what you want to do? I have a few ideas. Well, give just, just, give one. just give me one. Uh, well, mechanics. Okay, mechanics. All right. All right. Mechanics as in automobile? Yeah. All right. All right. The worst thing you can do with life is approach it fearfully. You can't approach life fearfully. When you approach life fearfully, even if you approach a test fearfully, it just it's like a traffic jam in your head and your thoughts your thoughts can't get through to you. You must trust God that he's in everything that you do. Everything you do. Right? Um, there's, somebody, there's somebody, there's a female that has passed a lot of judgment on you. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, yes. Who is she? Huh? A family. Your family? Yeah. Your family? Yeah. So who's the female? No, my wife. Your wife? Yeah. Your present wife? Yeah. All right. And y'all still together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Truth is never about mm, 
judging anybody or exposing anybody. The greatest truth is finding out what the problem is and fix it. Because you have, you have made some mistakes or are accused of making mistakes. And that weighs heavy on you. And I would not say it unless it need to be said. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that, that you should go home and deal with somebody because the prophet said so and so. Right? Um, it is to, because I, I, I see in somebody else as well, what I want you to know is what people think of you. Right? They have no right to judge you. Only God can judge. You cannot, I mean, this is the thing I realize. In my past, I've made some mistakes. And I could go back and say, I could go back and justify my ignorance. <laughs> like, how do you justify ignorance? I could go back and say, well, this is what I was going through, and I was feeling this, and so-and-so said this, and this was going on, and this was going on, so I did this. So I'm justifying my ignorance, or sin, or whatever you want to call it. I'm justifying it. But the truth is, I did it on it. But here's the truth. If I didn't do it, I didn't do it. But here's the truth. The Lord forgives. You don't have to explain to him why you was dumb. Yes. You, you, you can't explain dumb decisions that you've made in your life. So there's a whole lot of pressure on you that just don't need to be there. And I'm removing it now. In Christ, in Christ, you're not no make no more mistakes. And if you do, God's got you covered. Yes, because you cannot do better with so much pressure on you. Because it's like, it's like this science test. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like my whole world is over. Because there's too much pressure on it. And there's too much pressure on you. Hmm? Yes. You ever get any, uh, like, aching across your back or maybe kind of yeah. down your spine yeah. or something like I that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's causing it. That's what's causing it. I don't care what the doctor says. That's what's causing it. But it's almost like it runs down your back, too, don't it? Or just in your neck. Right I don't know about virus. I feel it here. You more feel it there. Yes. Next, well, I ain't gonna say the next time you feel it because you ain't gonna feel it no more. Because I see it, I see it just shooting down, and that's from the pressure that is leaving you today. Hmm? We're not gonna blame nobody. I'm just telling you what I heard the Lord say. Tell you, I saw this female. And it's like they're putting pressure on you. Or sometimes, maybe sometimes the person means good by us. Maybe we put pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Or maybe they put in pressure. It don't matter, but that's the subject matter. That's where the pressure is coming from. And it's making your whole life stressful and rigid because you're, you're trying hard to do the right thing, right? Yes? Yes, Lord. 
that's going to make you make more mistakes. God loves you the way you are. No matter how clumsy you are, he loves you. You must receive that first of all. And his spirit wants to come inside of you. And you're just going to stop being so clumsy. But when you stress yourself out trying to become a better person, I don't know, me, it might last a day or two, and after that, <laughs> it's just like, this is too much pressure. Uh, it's too much pressure. That's like, that's, like, that's like for me to stand and minister to everybody. And I have ministered to 10,000 people at one time. If I start thinking about what everybody thinks of me, I froze, you know. I jello. I just, I mush. You can't do that. I have one thought to do what God tells me to do. Nothing else. Huh? Today you're going to be free. Right? Today you're going to be free. Have you been to the prayer room for prayer? Not this week. Not this week. Have you told them everything you need to tell them in the prayer room? I'm not sure. You're not sure. You think about that question. And if you want to go back, you go back. Because I see in some other stuff. I don't want to speak it out here. Right? I, I don't want to speak that. I think maybe you might know what I'm talking about. Do you? Got an idea? Yeah, I have an idea. All right. Um, see, I'm a nice prophet. See, I'm nice. I don't care what you say. <laughs> but you're going to find yourself more relaxed. It's not hard being good. It's hard being bad. It's not hard being good because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not hard being good because you get blessed. But see, the devil wants to tell you it's hard to be good. It's easy to be bad. That's a lie. It's hard to be bad because you've got to pay double and triple and quadruple. Hmm? Yeah. Your life going to change. You believe that? Yes. All right. Receive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, Nicole, come please. What an awesome day. I, I, listen, whenever there's a prophecy, if that, if that prophecy is touching you, you just, yeah, yes, me too, Lord. Right? Hmm? Because sometimes there's some wisdom that comes out of prophecies, you know. And it's, it's clicking with something inside of you. And sometimes you say, Lord, that's not me, but why am I feeling it? Ask the Lord. Because hmm? he finds so many ways to minister to you and to love on you. And, and listen, stop beating up on yourself. I want you to do something this week. Refuse to think of yourself as a bad person this week. Now, don't think of yourself as a holy person. <laughs> Just think as yourself as a child of God. And God is my judge. And Lord, if you tell me I did wrong, I'll repent. But this week, make up your mind that you're not going to judge yourself this week. And hopefully you won't judge other people. You just give them a benefit of the doubt. Yes, if somebody gives you a bad drive, say, Oh, Lord, Father, protect that idiot the way he's driving, you know. Yeah, give him some grace because, you know, I don't, I don't know why he's in such a hurry. Right? But try it. Just try it and see if, see if this ain't an awesome week this week. 
And if your cake turns out flat, laugh at it. Don't beat up on yourself and don't expect more of the same. Don't get mad with God. Talk to him. He's your savior. Yes, he's not making your cake flat. He's not making your life bad. He's not making your money short. He's not doing any of those things. He's the solution. You believe that? So if you want to have a good week this week, by all the permission of heaven, have a good week. <laughs> by the permission of heaven. God gives you permission to have a good week this week. Yes. But if you like, if you like a, if you like a, a struggle and a tug and a pull and a fight and a kick, all right. More to you, Bruce Lee. But if you want a good week without repercussions, it's yours. God gives you permission to have it. Be blessed.